Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. Hey, a playoff edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast, I'm glad to say. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Nothing. Nothing. Looking forward to this weekend. Yeah. Very back. Much I, I enjoyed the little bye, but it'll be nice to see the boys get back on the field. Sure will. And, and and do you have some news for us to get the show started tonight, Rob? Yeah, I do. Um, right. Once again, we, we are brought to you tonight by Home Field Apparel. Um, you remember, this is a great company uh, based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, that really, really appealed to us. They reached out to us a while back and talked to us about sponsoring. We could not have been more thrilled. These guys really do their homework. They put together terrific apparel that really gets to the heart of the fan base and the traditions. Um you know, I've, I've got a sweatshirt. It's got the fighting Duke dog. I cannot leave the house without getting compliments on that, both from JMU fans and non-JMU fans. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just a fantastic, fantastic uh, company. Great work. And they've got plenty of schools. So it's a good time. If you promo code JMU Sports Blog, you mm-hmm. get 15% off your order. That is good for everything, not just JMU gear. And you go to homefieldapparel.com, check out everything, and um Follow him on Twitter and, and hit him up if you want if you want him to take your school or um, cover your school, yeah. get some cool gear going. So, oh, oh, it's awesome, and um, it's perfect time of year. So, Jamie Sports Blog, what what's is that our code? That's our code, fifteen percent off. Yeah, for fifteen yeah. percent off, and obviously, like they have all kinds of schools, really cool stuff on there for anybody that might need this for the holidays, um, gift giving time for Forget yourself, it. for your for your brother, sister. I have my Scripps Duke t shirt, um, which I love. But Rob, the fighting Duke dog feels more. It also feels like super appropriate with going back with a uh, coastal here. Right? It does. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it feels like yeah. you're all right. There we go. And it's available in a hoodie or a t-shirt. So there you go. So big thanks to uh, Connor and the guys at Homefield uh, for that. We're going to be pretty quick tonight. We obviously don't have a game to look back to. Uh, there's limited amount of basketball that we're going to cover tonight. Uh, the men's team is six and two and. Showing signs of about what we hoped, I think. Um, yeah, you know, two and maybe they could be games. seven and one, but they like, you know, they also pulled out a win against George Mason that was really awesome. And I, mm-hmm. you know, like so, I, yeah, they they won a true road game at FAU. Yeah, um, yeah, I just I'm I'm pretty pleased, and they're starting to get some guys back. I saw Ianacho has played a little bit the last couple of days, so yeah, um, good signs of hope there. We're not going to talk about the women's team. We hope they will. Um, get things on track eventually uh, a couple quick notes before we we're going to just kind of ask each other questions about the playoffs and talk about the upcoming game against the southeastern louisiana university lions um <laughs> pretty soon we are going to have some fun with the fcs playoffs this is the last dance with the playoffs we'll get there um but i did see rob one cool thing was both jalen ford and odyssey alexander were invited to the u.s national softball team tryouts yeah so this is like the official official team right mm-hmm. like the potential down the road olympic team um but but certainly like headed to the pan am games and other big competitions coming up uh, it's a t- I, I looked at the roster of players invited it's stacked I yeah. mean, like yeah, the- I, even i mean i you know we don't know everything about softball but i knew the name most of the names on that list mm-hmm. um i think they at u.s softball announced like the first 11 names were people who just played in tokyo um and then the, everybody else is like a who's who of college softball from the last five years but look it's a 40 40 to 45 player pool for what i 
assume is a 20 to 25 player roster. I mean, just being included in that pool is a awesome and B really means you have a chance like to keep playing. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously Jalen has found a way to make a career out of this and, and has shown that she seems to intend to keep playing as long as this is a viable opportunity for her. And, and it seems like Odyssey is kind of in the same boat. Um, I also, I keep wondering to myself, are they letting Odyssey bat? Are they letting her play the field the way that she got to a little bit in the athletes unlimited, but um, I hope so. Yes. That only increases your value Um, and a stacked pitching lineup. (laughs) So yes, needless to say, they have some pitching um, with the U S programs. So that was really cool. I I don't, Oh, and Liz Humphrey was pitching is pitching right now for the under 20 women's national team. So they're playing a little. Yeah. So she was actually the starting pitcher slated to be the starting pitcher yesterday against Peru. I don't know. I, I, I did not find that one on yeah. the, even on flow. I didn't find that one. So yeah. Um, but in any case, uh, that's really cool news and um, fun stuff to get us started. Rob, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, this week we're going to ask each other some questions next week. I, we should announce right off the bat. We'll just say this now, get through this first five minutes. Uh, we're going to be quick tonight. Next week. We're going to not be quick. Um, uh, Please cross our fingers that the Dukes do not lose this Saturday, in which case we will have to do an extremely big show. Um, But in any case, I think we're going to have, it looks like we're going to have a very special guest next week. And we're really excited about that. There will be some big events coming up next week. Um, Potentially we will be discussing a playoff victory, a upcoming home game against either Eastern Washington or Montana, both of which would be very exciting and a men's hoops game at home against the Cavaliers. So uh, could be some fun stuff to talk about um, with a guest next week. Rob, you want to get us uh, started here? Do you have any, uh, I don't know. I'll ask you first. Yeah, go for it. I, I'm Here I am like kind of, you know, talking about the potential for playing another game as JMU gets ready to embark on the last ride of FCS playoffs. I'm trying to tell myself to appreciate this. Um, appreciate the fun of this week of anticipating the game of tailgating this weekend of going to the game, hopefully winning a game. Um, but it's hard. These there's stakes. It feels like stakes right now for the first time in quite some time, right? I don't know when the next time there will be a game that I will be this excited or nervous for will be, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Southeast Louisiana beat, Florida A&M 38-14 over the weekend. The score was both more lopsided and less lopsided than it indicated. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, Rob, what are you most concerned about heading into this matchup this weekend? That's my first question. I, guess, I mean, everything's relative, so I don't mean to start off on a negative or bagging or anything. But I'm maybe not worried, but looking forward to seeing how the secondary handles the, the Southeast Louisiana <laughs> end of passing attack. Right. Is that fair to say? Yes. <laughs> not no, that's, okay. I was going to say, you could say corner. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I want to see if, if Jamie can cover these guys, you know, Kelly Cole, the other Cole, Cole Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the reigning Walter Payton award winner, isn't he? Didn't he? Uh, he is from the spring. Yeah, and yeah. he's, and he's yeah. a finalist this year. The mm-hmm. guy puts up some gaudy numbers. It's against, mm-hmm. shall we say, kind of questionable or unknown levels. I guess we shouldn't call it questionable, like unknown levels of competition. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not the oh, same as, you know, <laughs> CAA or MB, uh, you know, Missouri Valley or Big Sky. Right. 
Um, really gaudy numbers. He also runs the ball quite well. So, mm-hmm. but he's not, you know, it, it, he's not Rodney Landers with his legs. No. Um, so I don't know. I just I, it's a big test. You know, this is a game that I still think Jamie should win. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're the biggest favorite of any team in the second round. But we've seen JMU underperform in the past in games mm-hmm. like this. So this little bit of trap game written all over it. But mm-hmm. I really, I, I want to see how the defense stacks up in that passing game. Can they get? Can they create pressure for the front four? Because mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're going to be able to send people as consistently as they have with other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you'll even need to create a spy situation. So it's going to take the corners locking guys down for you know four or five seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, look, that's my biggest concern this week, too. I I was really glad Southeast Louisiana ran a bunch. They they emptied the playbook this week. They really um, did with the with the fake field goal and a bunch of stuff. Yeah, uh, I was really glad to see them put that stuff on film mm-hmm. for a unit um, and a part of the JMU staff that has been um, they've been challenged at times in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, they've been fairly consistent this season. I, I, you know, I, I don't have any major complaints about the special teams units this year, this 20 fall campaign. Um, but they've been challenged by those kind of things in the past. So I'm glad that they will all be at attention this week. Um, but my biggest concern is with you is, is that corner and, and DB position. Uh, one thing I like in this game, Rob, I mean, Southeast Louisiana did a good job of uh, they, their fans are yelling at us already that it's SLU and not SELA. But yeah. whatever. Um, in, in any case, uh, their fans don't sound like any great shakes, according to the article in the Tallahassee Democrat about. Um, <laughs> They're pushing back on that, but I don't know how you. Yeah, push I don't back know. I mean, it was a little rough, probably... right? Because it was from a FAMU student writer kind of person. I, I don't know. It was definitely yeah. like a FAMU person. <sighs> Anyways, um, yeah. let's just beat them and get rid of them. But they did run some like all pass interference offense. And JMU's mm-hmm. you know, has tended to, as aggressive as we play, have tended to commit some PIs. Really need to avoid just giving things away this week. I, I feel like Southeast, this team is likely to, I'm going to call them Sela, whatever. They're likely to hit some plays, and that's just going to be part of the game. Um, yeah. They haven't demonstrated they can stop anyone all year. So, I, I, you know, JMU needs to, like, move on from any plays they give up and just keep moving. One thing I do like is this team is, I don't know if you noticed, they have like 10 guys who have significant stats. I think like 10 guys have over 200 yards receiving. They're not like star dominant at the receiver, you know, position. So I don't know. That may actually be a good thing for JMU. Mm-hmm. Because one thing we know about this team is we have a lot of guys who can play, like who are yeah. talented. You know, and Sela seems to look for the matchups they can exploit. And, you know, not that they can't exploit. You know, it's always possible to go one versus one, top receiver versus top corner, and go that way. Um, but I don't think they're going to find easy pickings among the rest of the JMU back seven, sort of. So I would hope not. Yeah. I, I saw Dave Rigert and them talking today about uh, getting Q Reed back. And there's some guys that are looking very healthy that haven't in a while. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, yeah, that's where I'm hoping um, the depth JMU can help a lot. And like you said, the line pressure, that's the whole deal here. Um, this, this guy's really big. He's really good. He can run a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he's not really big is an understatement. He's like yeah. six, seven, two sixty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like Josh Allen big. Mm-hmm. 
And he's kind of a Josh Allen type runner in the yeah. sense that you're not going to confuse him for Lamar, um, but he's very capable. Yeah. At the same time, he can be, pre- he just did not get pressured that much. Yeah. And I didn't have the sense, they don't really even try to run the ball all that much. I don't expect that they will be able to run the ball much against JMU. Um, I just feel like there's going to be big plays to come for JMU. And spoiler, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on Duke's chances this week. Kelly's yeah. got pedigree. I mean, he, he's an Arkansas transfer, is he not? I think he is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, um, I don't know. It, it's a tough challenge. I think on paper, at least, he appears to be the best quarterback JMU's faced this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, clearly the guy, the guy won the Peyton Award. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you usually don't sneak in for that. Uh, a lot of people are throwing out Briscoe vibes, and I don't think that's really fair from what I've seen. Um, nothing against Briscoe, but I think this guy's a cut above mm-hmm. Kelly. So I don't know. Well, here's um, the thing. So my thing with Briscoe, and and as we talk about the pure quarterback situation this week, um, he's better than Briscoe was because mm-hmm. he really is mobile, and Briscoe was not in any way mobile. Yeah. Um, and I think he's probably just a better thrower as well, yeah. passer. Um, but it's a very similar game structure, and the game plan has to be the same. I mean, the problem for Briscoe wasn't just Briscoe. It was just that his team was soft Houston back then, mm-hmm. and they just got mauled by JMU up front. And I think that's what JMU's got to go for again this week. I mean, you talked about the schedule, Rob. They lost three games this year. <laughs> they gave up 150 points in those three games. Yeah. One was to a terrible Louisiana Tech team. They lost 45-42. I know that's an FBS game. Um, one was to Nichols, also 45-42, a team that they played twice, I think. And they, yeah, they beat them 58-48 the other time they played them this yeah. season. They played McNeese twice, beat them 38-35 and 23-20. Um, and then they got, and then they played UIW Incarnate Word, who won their playoff game this weekend over um, over Stephen F. Austin, and is in the mm-hmm. playoffs right now, fifty five fifty two. So, um, <laughs> not the eighty five Bears is what you're telling no, me. No, this is not. Uh, yeah, and and even some of their wins. I mean, I'm, you know, they played North Alabama, Central Connecticut State. Um. Houston Baptist, Northwestern State. So they only have one win. I, um, the one over the one win over Nichols, who went six and five, is their only win over a team with a winning record. So people have like given JMU a hard time about like the CAA and did we beat anyone who was ranked at the end of the season and that kind of stuff. But like, let's not get carried away here. Yeah. Like I, you know, this is going to be interesting. Um, because and they didn't exactly need to face a world beater in, in FAMU. I mean, it, it's nice no, that they made no, it in. No knock on FAMU. I, they, they were they're just overwhelmed not, this weekend. Yeah. Game got away from them early. Yeah. They actually didn't, you know, the weird thing about this game, I did watch a, a good bit of this game. FAMU was not, it's not like they were pushed around in this game or out athleted. They, mm-hmm. they, the game kind of got away from I mean, it was 21 nothing on the fake field goal and the bad pass. Interfe- like, they did it to themselves. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Sela won the game like they deserved it. But the game kind of, it was never in doubt. And so FAMU had to play a way that they don't want to play, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. they just got completely away from their star running back and that kind of stuff. I and mean, they had to throw the whole game and it was just a disaster. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think they've seen anything. I mean, this is going to be a fun matchup because it's going to be a 
contrast of JMU probably hasn't seen a team that throws this well all season. And Sela definitely hasn't seen a team that plays defense. I mean, they haven't seen Mike Green and Isaac Uku, you know, the, Tucker Dorsey. Tucker Dorsey. Yeah. I mean, Azana. I kept thinking yeah. that this week with, with Cole Kelly too, because I mean, I have to wonder if Tucker Dorsey or Azanama is going to be set, especially Tucker Dorsey to potentially spy on Kelly because mm-hmm. they really don't run the ball with their running backs much. I mean, their running game to the extent it happens is almost a like old school Kansas state. Like he runs up the middle with a shotgun snap kind of thing. Quarterback draw sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, just... like a lot of that kind of stuff. And I yeah. just was like, ah, I don't know. We'll see what happens this weekend, but mm, should be fun. So well, how worried are you about Kelly? Like, is, is this something you think everything needs to go his way? He can lead his team to victory like needs to have a perfect game plan or, hey, this guy's good enough. If we don't take him seriously, Jamie, you could, could walk out of there with an L. No, I, I think this game comes down. I, I honestly do think this game comes down to the other parts of the game. Like, I, I think Sela probably gets theirs, whether like 20, somewhere in the 20s. I mean, it, you know, they probably get to 20. Um, the real question here is, can they get over 30? That's a tall order against JMU's defense for anyone. Yeah. Um, and then, so to me, that kind of like means that this game rides on the other parts of the game for JMU. Do we see the JMU team that put up 50 in three of the last four games? Um, against admittedly weaker competition in like Towson and company, but probably pretty similar defenses to Sela. Given yeah, the schedule that, I just read out, right? I mean, they miss a quarterback like this, but defensively, it, looking at on paper, yeah, Sela doesn't really stop anybody. Nobody, and actually, yeah. I think JMU can control the ball. I think JMU could run the ball this week. Just watching FAMU, they, they FAMU even did some things this week in the running game. They just had to abandon it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, very, so early, but I think this comes down to, does JMU turn the ball over? Do they get touchdowns instead of field goals? And is there any kind of, you know, nonsense in the special teams game? I mean, to me, it seems like JMU's defense is probably going to cause some really uncomfortable situations for Southeastern Louisiana and Mm -hmm. vice versa. They may also score some points. Um, I don't, I just looking at that schedule and those numbers, I will be very surprised if JMU's offense does not like, I just, I expect JMU to score 35 points this weekend. So yeah, to me, that's, that's really, that's, yeah. I know, like, I know we sound incredibly smug when we no, go to I bat on the, on, that way. I just, yeah. Well, I just, I don't trust the schedules. I, I really don't. And this isn't like Sam Houston where they're blowing people out and, you know, winning by big margins. Like you said, they're winning shootouts against teams they yeah. can't stop anybody. Uh, it just no. it looks like one of those things where they haven't seen a defense like this. They're good enough where they're going to put together some drives, probably some scoring drives. But I don't think for four quarters they've seen yeah. anything like this. No. And I think eventually that'll wait out. And I think it's the same thing with their defense. I mean, if you're giving up 40, 50 plus to teams in that conference, Cole Johnson's going to have his way with you. That's what I think. I didn't see anybody on – Sela that can can cover Antoine Wells and Chris Thornton consistently. Yeah, um, they have not. I guarantee, like they have not faced Latrell Palmer and Solomon Van Horse this year. Like they just that there's just no doubt, and yeah. they know it. I did see an interesting note that Austin Douglas's brother, I think, plays on plays defensive back for Sela, but um, 
So it's not like they don't have any connection um, in this game or, or any knowledge. Um, but they haven't seen anybody. That Latrell kind of Liam Fornadel, Latrell, Antoine Wells type grouping, they, they just don't have that. I it's mean, punishing. They, yeah. when you're playing Houston Baptist or whatever, you're not getting that that group of players, you know. Um, and, and I think I trust Cole Johnson enough at this point to, you know, I, I think the biggest concern for JMU in this game is getting, if they get down, you, you know, if, if Sela were to jump out early, really jump out like more than 14, you know, 14, 17 points, really be out in front and JMU have to kind of not feel like they have to get out of their own game plan. Um, that would be my one concern, but as long as it stays kind of back and forth, even a turnover here or there, or a, um, you know, some game changing plays here and there, I think over four quarters, I, I think the offensive and defensive lines for JMU just wear them that wear them out. You know, that's, that's sort of where I am on this one. I mean, if you, if you look at the results and you look at the stats, it's hard not to do exactly what we're doing, which is make yep. this all about Cole Kelly. You know, yep. he's, he can throw the ball. Everybody knows that. I think he's going to be fine and they still might yeah. not win. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's their leading rusher. And in terms of carries, yeah. it's like a two to one margin in mm-hmm. terms of number of carries, which is weird because the guys behind him like run for a decent pop. You know, it's like four or five mm-hmm. yards carry, but they just put everything on the shoulders of this kid. Hey, it's worked so far. Like but he's the national player of the year. Like, I, yeah, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah. But I think that's something that you can't avoid. It's an easy preparation piece. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. They're going to give it to their Cole and say, go out there and win the game for us. Yeah. Um, and they're probably going to, you know, throw the kitchen sinkage in terms of special teams if last Saturday was any indication. Um, they don't punt a lot. They don't kick a lot. They're just going to go out there and, and keep taking their chances with Cole and then count on outscoring the opponent. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, but it could, it could. It like could. I'm, I'm pretty confident. But I've also seen enough of these Jamie disasters in the playoffs over the years mm-hmm. that I'm never too, too confident. You know, we've seen the Liberty debacle. Oh, the Colgate, the, the Liberty. Yeah, you know, it, it happens. Way, um, but I just, I think this one's an easier one to prepare for. It's tougher to overlook because you've got a guy who does have all the accolades at the FCS levels. He's likely, you know, going to win it again. And it just makes it very difficult to overlook. I, I think, if anything, it gives Jamie a reason to play with a little bit of chip on his chip on the shoulder. Yeah, absolutely. So, and um, I, I don't. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> I mean, that's where we come from on this. I I just think at some point the Ukwu, Tucker Dorsey, MJ Hampton. There's just talent around there, and I think yeah. those guys are going to make a play at some point. And I don't know if Sila. They're going to have to score. To keep, yeah. I mean, I think JMU is going to score, and I think this team's going to have to keep up with them. Could we lose a shootout? Of course, you know. Um, but so far, I haven't seen those kind of. I mean, Jamie's offense. Our problem with our offense has been not finishing drives with touchdowns. It's it hasn't never been, been like disastrous ball. mistakes all year. So unless we see a you know catastrophic change <laughs> in the amount of mistakes that JMU makes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that Sela, you saw those scores of their opponents. I, they haven't shown that that's their game plan, right? Yeah. So that's that's where I'm really at on this. Um, two o'clock Saturday. I also, it'll be fun to see, you know, I guess Sela's kind of catching a break because the weather looks pretty decent on Saturday. 
yeah in Harrisonburg for for December early December um but it's not it's not Strawberry Stadium in Hammond Louisiana right Rob I love that name yes I do too I don't know if that's a person or a, yeah I don't know anyway so assuming that's a person but yeah um yeah you know and look for anybody who thinks we're being overly snarky about this we are aware that they beat Villanova in round one back Last in 2019 year. or yeah like pre-COVID so yeah. um oh, yeah, less, less. or was it the spring I, yeah no I thought it was the spring be, Did it maybe the spring wrong? playoff yeah yeah exactly yeah. spring playoff so you know they like you know there are Villanova fans who will be upset about the way that that game ended with a uh <laughs> a suspect call, call? Or lack thereof yeah. Yeah. yeah but um you know like we are, we recognize this team is capable. I just, I'm really pleased and high on JMU. Rob, a couple questions, um, just generally looking around the field. Anything super jump out at you this weekend from the playoff first round one playoffs? No, I I was surprised the way the Holy Cross Sacred Heart game went and then it came down to the end. I I really thought Holy Cross was going to take care of business, I and I know that's not one that was really a marquee matchup for a lot of fans, but I was interested. Well, Yep. The connection Holy Cross and the fact that the winners Holy Cross is now facing Villanova. So I had my mm-hmm. on it. You know, they won with essentially, I mean, it wasn't last second, but it was what last 15 seconds. Um, pretty much a Hail Mary, uh, mm-hmm. fair, fair to say. So I was surprised that one was that close. Um, otherwise, it was kind of kind of uneventful, kind of chalkish. Yeah. Like, do you got any tingles this week in terms of teams you think you need to be on alert? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I've heard people like talking about JMU, and of course, this is one of those things that happens at every level of football when teams are on a bye and another team looks great. I mean, it happens in the NFL every year. I feel like we, yeah. we watch the wild card games and we forget that those teams got a bye for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, South Dakota State looked really good in handling UC Davis, and now they go to Sacramento State, who won UC Davis's conference. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know though. I, I just, I don't, I really don't know. And this has all been so weird for teams like Sacramento state who really went through some things with COVID or, or didn't go through some things with COVID. Like we haven't seen them in a bit. I feel like, um, I, I mean, if you're NDSU, I think you gotta pay attention this week. You know, they, they got kind of pushed around a little bit by Southern Illinois in the spring. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't expect them to, uh, overlook the game. Uh, you know, Kennesaw ETSU, I don't, I don't, I can't, I really don't know much about either team other than Kennesaw's triple option. Um, you know, the, obviously the game that jumps out to me, I, I am looking for, I mean, I think Villanova probably handles Holy Cross. Yeah. I expect uh, that to be, you know, I mean, the one close. shock of this weekend's past this past weekend's games was UT Martin uh, beating Missouri state, which really put the Valley on on skid row a little bit uh valley lost three games the only game they won was against the other valley team this week uh and that was the big shocker was ut martin taking out missouri state but they go to montana state now be really surprised if they win um incarnate word kind of an interesting team as we just saw that's a team that beat sila this year they go to sam i mean i think all three top seeds have probably have teams that have their attention um, nothing this weekend would truly, truly shock me except for Holy Cross, if Holy Cross won over Villanova. Uh, but the big game is Montana Eastern Washington. I mean, that's yeah, that, that's the right? one that's, that's, I mean, that's the marquee matchup. Yeah, and 
I mean, one thing's for sure, if JMU wins, they're getting a good team one way or the other. Uh, not, Eastern nope. beat them earlier in the year. They beat them in October. They did. And they have Eric Berrier, and he's great. And they looked all right. I, I did, That was the other game I watched a good bit of this weekend was that their win over Northern Iowa. Uh, it was really, really sad-looking state of affairs in the sense of, like, there was nobody there. Yeah at all it was pouring down rain it looked like it was like 35 degrees it just looked miserable for everybody (laughs) involved yeah um they didn't actually i they played well i guess defensively but as a jmu fan who watched us beat you and i 17-0 in one of the worst playoff games i've ever watched (laughs) a couple years ago um i i don't know what it means to shut out the vaunted you and i offense yeah so uh yeah, but Eastern Washington, Montana is a legit good game this weekend. Yeah. And the winner of that hopefully comes to Harrisonburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So, you know, if JMU can win, it's just a good game. It's late night on Friday. So I think a lot of us will probably get to watch it somewhere. It starts at nine. So yeah. anybody who's already in the Valley will get to watch it. And those of us at home before we head to the tailgate will get to watch it, or at least some of it. Uh, should be a fun one. And. You know, just exciting. Those teams care a little bit. They have some fans they care. That's nice. Uh, they certainly have history about those programs. Yeah. And I've been hearing some rumors, so I've been saying I, I was so confident, Rob. And I still am fairly confident that if JMU were to win this week, I think the following weekend there is only one Saturday game. It is at noon Eastern. It seems likely. They would uh, be the... Well, if the seeds all if chalked holds, then JMU would be the only East Coast team hosting. So it would not make a lot of sense for almost anyone else to host a noon game. Yeah, Um, I have read there some scenarios involving Villanova, particularly because everybody's so high on the South Dakota State over Sac State upset possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Villanova has a basketball game during the day that day, and of course, as we know, for that. JMU fans everything. that have been to Villanova, you can't have a basketball and a, or at least an on-campus and a, an yeah. on-campus basketball game and an on-campus football game at the same time. Um, logistically, that really can't work. So I, I don't know that there's, who knows, we could end up on Friday night, but regardless, excited if JMU could win this week to host either one of those teams. I really want JMU to win this week. I, I don't, I would be so excited for that Montana or Eastern Washington game. Like that would be a fun, legit game this season like putting aside everything else last fcs fbs everything that's just a good game yeah it and is. i would, it is. I would enjoy football it football game yeah. yeah um so this one's really a little like tougher it. to get excited about it's harder because it's just such an unknown and we're all just making about the qb and we can envision things going poorly yeah but like you said i i don't think we should be too concerned we should be realistic about it yeah but this guy's good enough that they're going to take him seriously. He does have kind of the notch on his belt with Villanova or the team, you know, with Villanova mm-hmm. uh, in the past. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little I, – I'm not convinced. Sometimes I'm just downright arrogant when it comes to Jamie. Like, oh, you know, give, give us the W, mark it in, on to the next one. I, I've seen this movie before. I've seen JMU teams come in with high expectations. Um, I do think this JMU team certainly closed better than any of the other ones that I'm referencing. Yep. Um but it's not outside the realm of possibility that this could be a tough game on Saturday. No, it's not. I, I it's not it's not really likely, hope. but it's not outside yeah. the possibility. 
I'm really anxious. We're recording this Monday night, like always, and I'm really anxious for the two deep. They often put that out on Tuesday, sometimes on Wednesday. Yeah. I'm anxious to see who's on that for JMU mm-hmm. and what we hear as the pressers carry on throughout this week. Uh, it's been a little weird without Medea the last couple of weeks, yeah. like not knowing the ins and outs. Um, but I have a feeling I, you know, I'm hopeful that coming off the bye, JMU is a little healthier, and you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean. Obviously, the COVID never ends, so we'll see. Yeah, um, seriously. Yeah. So moving on from the initial thoughts on this week's game, I think it's fair to say, Rob, we're both pretty, you know, pretty high on JMU. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, or at least not not feeling. You know, we're reasonably confident in their ability to play well this week. Um, if both teams play their best. JMU will walk home with a win. That's what that's what it comes down to. You know, that's what it comes down to. It's, it, JMU needs to play poorly. And Sela needs to play very well for Sela to win. Yeah. Both teams so, play well. JMU's going to win. Exactly right. So three rapid-fire questions here to take us out tonight, Rob. Okay. Um, I, one, I, I saw the Sunbelt Commissioner, Keith Gill, announced, uh, I think today, maybe yesterday, I was I get a little confused because we're learning our ropes on how this all works. Um, the Sunbelt, their conference championship game has been held at the home stadium of the Top seed. Uh, what, however, how they determine that, I don't know. I think it's the highest ranked team in the some poll or mm-hmm. college football playoff rankings or AP. If that doesn't, if they don't have someone up there, but that means that this week it's App State at Louisiana Lafayette for the title. Um, so, you know, look at me. I don't even know where people are, but in Lafayette, <laughs> right? So, um, yeah. you know, I, that's to, I was just wondering what, how you thought about that. Instead of holding it at a neutral site, they've had it at a campus site, and I was wondering your thoughts on that. I I think I kind of like it. Yeah, I, I love the idea of having like a host city, and that can be very fun. But we've also seen, depending on the matchup, that can be rather lopsided. You know, mm-hmm. if it's two really passionate fan bases, great. But I don't know. College football to me is about the students, and it's kind of neat to reward them. I think. With the way that it's played, most students will still be on campus this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably a rough equivalent to play to a playoff home game, but mm-hmm. I think it's probably an easier sell for fans because it's one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think it's cool. Like I would, I would love to host. I would probably travel to certain schools if Jamer mm-hmm. to be in it. And I think the novelty of being in in let's be honest, it's not going to be in a big city given the weekend. You know, it would be like kind of a second tier city. It'd, it'd be like a Frisco of the FBS world. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather just have it on campus. The, playing for the right to host, I think would add an extra bit of, of, I don't know. It's like a cherry on top of the FBS move. The idea that you could still host a postseason game with yeah. real consequences. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome. Um, I, I know, first of all, the Sunbelt is how is their home is in new Orleans, the offices. And one of the championship, whoever wins the conference, if they don't go to a, you know, get invited to something bigger, I think Orleans one Bulls. of the main bowls is the New Orleans Bowl. So you wouldn't want to go sort of twice in a month um, as much as I would love to go to New Orleans for a game, right? Yeah. Um, you could have an argument. I mean, if you're App State this week, like maybe you didn't even play the team that is hosting the game and it's a little frustrating to go on the road. I will say if Louisiana Lafayette was – you know, if it wasn't for Cincinnati, um, they'd be the story. They might be like one of the 
G5 teams playing for a Peach Bowl slot or an Orange Bowl slot, right? And that's pretty cool, and I think that's a benefit to the conference. Like, I want to give our team that has that's in that position the best opportunity to go, to, go to the biggest game. bowl they can. Yeah, yeah. like, I, and you know that could come back to hurt me if we're going on the road. But by the way, really fun for App State fans to get to try to ruin that too. Like, yeah. the game for takes on a little added meaning when you're playing spoiler in that way and really getting a chance at a big win at the end of the season. So, yeah, I'm all for that. Um, yeah, I think it's cool. I think there's a lot of upside. Yeah. yeah, I do too. I hope they can stick with that for a while. Um, your boy, Danny Rocco, got fired today, Rob. I know. No game balls for coach. So what's going um, on there? It was this? I didn't necessarily see this coming, did you? Uh, I, the hey, the fans they have have been very down on him. Mm-hmm. I thought he kind of earned a stay of execution by the run that they put together last year. And the fact that they did it with this year, they definitely took a step back. Mm-hmm. But you can make an argument that had their QB not been injured, fade being contention with the playoffs. I, Probably in the I playoffs. don't know. Like yeah. on one hand, I kind of admire Delaware for being aggressive. On mm-hmm. another hand, I kind of think they're living in the past a bit, and they yeah. might have outside expectations. He still had a winning record. You know, it, it looked like he was turning things around last year. They had a QB go down in the semis, which could have cost him a trip to the finals, and then QB went down what fourth game this year. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, if it wasn't working, wasn't working. And I what? think it's great. You ripped the bandaid off, but I don't know, man. It seemed a little bit harsh. Like they're Delaware in 2021, not Delaware in 2003. And yep. I think sometimes they get confused. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like it just seems, yeah. and it's, but then I'm also Danny Rocco has always rubbed us the wrong way as fans. Yes there's a good chance what you see is what you get. And he just wears mm-hmm. out his welcome everywhere. I mean, like mm-hmm. the story kind of was that he abandoned Richmond and, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't think Richmond was serious. You didn't hear a lot about Richmond, you know, the administration crying on the way out or begging him to stay. Mm-hmm. So it could just be one of those things where it's kind of mutually like, Hey, we, we did this, we gave it a run. It's not working for us with you coach and him going, well, yeah, I, I want to try it somewhere new too. But overall I thought it was maybe a little bit of a, of a quick trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it was a – I'll be interested to see what they do. Like, do they have something in mind? Um, you know, I don't know. Like, that – you know, if they do, that might make it make a little more sense. Um, and if, if – I did think – yeah, Does JMU leaving make it a more attractive job or less attractive job? Yeah, they I might view this as like, today. hey, wow, now we can go we're, – we're the most well-funded program. Let's just capitalize on this. Or is it just people – Coaches are always going to take these jobs. I mean, even correct. Head coaching it's a step job, up for some job. Yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. not sure they're hiring from the position of strength that they think they are. And again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. They're Delaware in 2021. Yeah. They're not at the level of a JMU, of a Sam Houston, of a North Dakota State. They're mm-hmm. a team that made a decent run last year, and other than that, have been absent from the playoff picture. Um, mm-hmm. All their fans are are clamoring to get Casey Keeler back. Yeah, yeah, no. I know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I meant. I mean, if that was the plan, then you know, okay, I, I then yeah, you do I it. Understand? You that. trade. You know, we that's um, another coach we give a hard time to, but I take him over Rocco in a heartbeat. Sure. Um, I did think it's hard to. I I can never tell with Delaware where they're headed with things. I mean, you know, they don't. They get rid of Rocco. I don't know that they have a plan. Then today, they the official statements from kind of the president and AD were like. We think Delaware belongs in FCS, 
but they didn't mention the CAA yeah. in any of their official communications yeah. today. And it really caught my attention. I was like, wait, what? Like, like yeah. it was just a, like, I don't know. Anyways, it, it, the whole, it, you know, we'll, we'll let the rumors fly, but uh, I think there may be more to the story here than we know. So I, there I might was, be, it could yeah. be an overall repositioning of the entire program. Nope. Coach just being yeah, or a number of schools in this, a number of programs in the area. Uh, we'll yeah. see how this all shakes out. So uh, that's all I, yeah, that's enough Delaware talk for yeah, this that's podcast too much forever. Yeah. Um, Rob, last thing, it's just a wild time right now in FBS. Uh, you and I were talking before we got on, I think maybe Brian Kelly's going to LSU. And that just seemed like, really? I would like, not have seen that one. No, and not, not actually like, that's not a knock on, either side of that relationship like like no. but it was just like okay i didn't see that one coming um it's a you know this is this is silly season um you know what's your thought on jmu right now i i mean uh does this help jmu does it hurt jmu like i'm kind of of the opinion that like you know I'm kind of of the opinion, I think I've been pretty clear that I'm okay with JMU kind of standing pat. I mean, barring a 55 to 10 thrashing at the hands of the Lions this weekend. You know, like, I, but this is going to be a weird couple years. Like, do you think, you know, are we going to get poached in the coaching ranks or the player ranks or what? Or does it matter? You know, like, I, I don't know if it, yeah. I don't know if it really matters. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't think coaching. I don't think we're going to get poached coaching wise. I think we might yeah. see some position coaches. I think Signetti is going to be the guy to lead them through here. Um, mm-hmm. You might see some players disappear. Mm-hmm. You might see it go the other way, where players. Mm-hmm. You know, we already had a trend. There's a pit running back transferring in. Now it's yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all of us need to kind of manage our expectations. Yeah. And realize that it's certainly not. It, the Sun Belt that App State stepped into and almost immediately started winning was <laughs> a not, much easier league to win it. Well, that's you know, what I was wondering. I mean, with Billy Napier going to Florida, I'm like, man, who are they going to hire in his place? You know, like yeah, but it's a good it's a good job. You know, it's yeah. big shoes oh, to fill, but well, that's it's a really I mean, but good job. Expectations have risen to the level what's possible that, in correct. this in this conference, right? Yeah. Um, App State has managed a couple of coaching transitions quite well, but. Um, I'm optimistic that this is absolutely the right move for JMU and that in the long term they will be successful. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we should really expect an App State-like transition. I think it might be a little bit more of a of a steady climb versus mm-hmm. a rapid ascension. Now, I hope I'm wrong, but I just mm-hmm. I think a lot of the advantages JMU has had in terms of facilities and budget mm-hmm. and brand for sure. uh, over its peers – aren't necessarily going to carry forward. Jamie still mm-hmm. is a very good place to recruit. It's very attractive, but the game just gets harder. You know, when you're, when you're going up against App State and Marshall and ODU, it's a little tougher to win those battles consistently in the recruiting front mm-hmm. than beating out Richmond and Delaware and, you know, uh, William & Mary. Um, so don't get there, but I'm not expecting them to be playing in the Sun Belt Championship in year one. Right. They might. Mm-hmm. They might, but um, for me, it's simply going to be that, that that first year, I just want to see the team be competitive. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's a loser's attitude. I mean, clearly I'm going to want them to win, but yeah. the main thing will be, can they manage the transition and just show like, hey, that, that we're on the right path? Yeah. And I think they can. Oh, I think so too. I, I definitely yeah. am optimistic long-term. I yeah. just 
Yeah. It's funny. Cause like every coach that every time you're successful, then you want to be more successful. Right. Yeah. And I, I, obviously that's true in everything. Um, but I keep thinking to myself, I'm like, well, what is, how does Lafayette, like who is the coach that their fans are okay with replacing Napier with, you know, like, I don't know. Right. You know, like that's know. a, t- that gets to be a tough call. Um, now obviously Arkansas state in our conference has done a great job with that, you know, has mm-hmm. turned themselves into, I mean, this year, notwithstanding has turned themselves into a little factory of coaches moving on, yeah. um, which is kind of what JMU has done a really good job with. Yeah. Um, I guess that would be my last thing. I, I think the, the key thing for JMU to me, I hope he never leaves, but, um, I think Jeff Bourne's replacement is going to be more important than, Kurt Signetti's replacement um, in the long-term health of this program. It is. I I think it'll be a little bit more clear expectations than Bourne had. You know, when Bourne took the job, it was like, you've got the potential. We need you to see what you can do with this athletic program. Uh And boy, did he ever take advantage of that opportunity. You know, just facilities, total expansion. I don't think you're going to be hiring somebody looking to expand as much as you're going to be looking to hire somebody who can capitalize on all the expansion that has been done the past two decades. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit clearer of a recruiting pitch to candidates. Mm -hmm. And I think it's maybe a little more attractive. You come into like a, not even sleeping giant, but to a table that has been set for success versus, hey, look, we'll support you if you want to build the pieces yourself. So it, mm-hmm. it's certainly an attractive job. I mean, it was an attractive job when Bourne took it over, but now yeah. it's just attractive for different reasons, but with much greater consequences and more account and, and <laughs> yeah. a higher bar. Yeah. Well, and it, of course it'll all be uh, interesting to see the order in which these things take place, because some of this goes all the way up to president Alger too, mm-hmm. right? Who, you know, is there a turnover in the president's office before Bourne steps down or after Bourne steps down? Yeah. Is the coach, do we have to hire our next coach before or after those other two things? You know, yeah. like all of those things I think are interconnected for sure. So absolutely. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Rob, right, I don't have Tom, anything Tom, else. We to said do. we were going to do 30 minutes. We're at 46, which is all right. pretty good for us. It's pretty, pretty good, good for us. us. Yeah, we're out this week. All right. Sorry about that. No, um, I think it's good. Like yeah. normally we say 30 and we go 75. So this is yeah. good. We're still- well, let's hope we have a lot to talk about next week. Um, and not a, a lot of the good crying. things. Not, not, not the yeah. post-Liberty, post-Colgate time. We're not mm-hmm. actually trying. I saw a few people getting all worked up about that, including some longtime JMU rooters uh, on the message boards this week, getting a little, uh, little concerned about a, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, Sigdetti has disappointed me in the NDSU game, right? And he's disappointed me to some extent in the, like some of the biggest, biggest games. But we haven't seen them. I don't think we've seen them like lay an egg against a team I expect them to beat. No. Like really, really expect them to beat. And I, I think this game, at least for one more week, falls into that category. So, and I think Kelly is dangerous enough that. The JMU team's taken, they view this as an opportunity to kind of shut a guy up or, or quiet the noise. And that's their advantage. If they didn't have anybody, then I'd be more worried about the trap game potential. But I think there's a lot of good tape on this guy. He's he's certainly got the stats that make, and the he can make all the throws. So you need to take him seriously, which is less, lessens the upset potential. 
for, I'll say this. To, it feels a lot more like I don't ex- ever expect a repeat of the Sam Houston game. The, the, no. the home blowout. And um, let, let me clear what I was saying. It does because the guy is good. I said it lessens yeah. the chance of an upset. That sounds incredibly stupid because it is incredibly stupid. But I mean, it lessens the chance of you being completely caught by surprise Correct. and flat footed like they were against Colgate two times and, and Liberty. Yeah, yeah. That I, I This feels like some of the other, you know, whether it's Weber or South Dakota State or New Hampshire in the Lock the Damn Gates game. Like, mm-hmm. this feels like a team that has a little bit something to prove right now. Yes. And this is, a t- this is a JMU team that going all the way back to the spring, now's the chance they've been waiting for Yeah. to get back. This is the first time that it really, they have something in front of them that will, where they can start to make up for what happened in the second half. It's Sam Houston, you mm-hmm. know, and and that's kind of the JMU team. I don't think Southeastern Louisiana has seen anything like that JMU team, if no. that's what we get on Saturday. No, they have not. No. All right. Thanks, Rob. All right. Have a good <laughs> Talk week. To you next week. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Go Dukes. Born to die